from the Willamette Valley in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to the Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. No matter where you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful world, we all share. I wanted to send a big thank you to my listeners in Canada. I wanted to thank you for your support. Very much appreciated. And this is episode number 178, Earnest Truth. Sam Moore, the happiest man you never heard of. This can change your life. I wanted to tell you this story. It is a true story. And what prompted me to do this story was an email that I got. And the person who sent me this email who wanted to be anonymous basically asked me the question about what is required to basically drop out, to disappear from society. Now, people do this a lot. You would be actually surprised by how many people do this. And, um, of course, reasons matter. And I'm in this case, we're not talking about wanting to disappear or drop out because you're uh, running from the police uh, for some crime that you've committed or, you know, something of that nature. Um, it can be a person who is just leading their life for all intents and purposes to most people. They appear to be, you know, perfectly happy. And then one day they're gone. And not all of the people who do this uh, meet with some terrible fate. Um, some people actually do desire to just drop out. And they have their reasons. And um, I, on more than one occasion, have been uh, connected with this. And I wanted to share this true story about an individual that I assisted with doing just that. Now, his name was Sam Moore, or at least that's the name I'm giving you. Now, when I'm talking about this, I want to make it clear that if it seems as though 
I am obfuscating and being unclear or unprecise, that is in fact exactly what I'm doing because what should be for obvious reasons, um, when such people choose to do this, uh, they do not want to be found ever. And so that is the agreement. And so um, that is the reason why um, names, perhaps dates, a whole bunch of other uh, details are actually not so much details. They are hidden quite deliberately. So bear that in mind. But with this person we are going to call Sam. I had known him for several years. And this was in the early 90s. And at one point we had gotten together and he talked to me and uh, I thought that the conversation had was taking a rather, you know, strange uh, direction. And so at one point I said, Sam, um, where is all this going? What what what's this about? What what is the deal? Basically. And he finally fessed up and, you know, he explained, he said, I want to drop out. And I asked for clarification of that. And I said, you mean out as in out of your job, out of society? Do you want to live in a cave somewhere? I mean, what, what do you mean? He said, I want to be gone, as in disappeared. It's as though my previous life didn't even exist. I thought about it, and I said, okay. And um, he was um, fairly wealthy. I mean, you know, not Jeff Brazos wealthy, but you know, wealthy enough. So it wasn't like um, he had to worry about employment and a million other things that <clears throat> most of us would have to be concerned about. Um, but uh, anonymity was paramount with what he wanted to do with the rest of his life. And... Um, that primarily focused on, revolved around, art and philosophy. And he wanted to live in an environment that was going to be conducive to his um, happiness, his contentness, if you will, for the rest of his life and he had uh 
he had talked to me about this and basically what he said was that um he uh simply didn't get along <clears throat> with the uh belief systems that were currently in place in society and he wanted a a very very different life and existence and i said okay and um we made an arrangement and <clears throat> part of that arrangement was for me to do he wanted to employ me to make all the necessary arrangements for this to happen which i did and um as far as places were concerned after a couple of months or so of a great deal of research I came up with three options for him. And after I submitted those to him, we talked about them at length and he picked one. And after he picked one, then of course he had to end up getting to the place which he did in a very unorthodox manner. And when I say unorthodox, I'm not kidding. Most people, for instance, if they were going to go anywhere of any length, especially from where they were currently living, uh, you know, they might hop a plane and simply go there and, set up life but he didn't he didn't want to do that because he didn't feel as though that that was going to be conducive to his falling off the face of the earth let's say and so um he wanted he went about this in a very unorthodox way i'll just say that and it worked. It was successful. And I was, um, I ended up, um, well, I was in contact with him. And um, I explained that, you know, um, just to make sure that um, you're doing the right thing, before you completely sever everything, maybe you should give this, I don't know, three months or so. And uh, to really, you know, before you uh, more or less finalize everything, that you, sh you should, you know, try this for a few months and see how it's working out. And he agreed. And um, that is what he did. And he was very happy and he was i mean he was content completely content and then he uh he went through the next phase of the final disconnection you would call it the unplugging if you will 
And, um, yeah, that's what he did. And he was successful and um, very happy. And I know that he is happy because uh, random, various random times, I have been in communication with him. And um, he talks about basically how how great life is and you know we've we've gotten past uh the the whole initial stages of the newness of this and that's so there's nothing to really discuss there and so he you know he pretty much when we talk just he talks about his um his latest activities of basically living his new life and enjoying his life. And that's it. It is that simple. I'm like, okay. Um, personally, it's not something I believe I would have wanted to do or that I would do right now. <clears throat> and even though he is not the only person that I have assisted with this, um, the result has always been the same. They're happy. They are happy, and in the long run, I suppose that's what matters. So, what do you think of this? Is this, is this something you can relate to at all? Because there are so many people um, that, even on a surface level, um, just jokingly, you know, maybe you've talked with people and they've said things like, oh, well, if I, I don't know, if I hit the lottery or something, I would... You know, I would move to uh, Paradise Island, and I would do this, and I would do that, and and so forth. Have you ever had that conversation? Because let me tell you something. I I, I know I've heard it a million times from people, um, but there's quite a difference between just you know saying something like that, kicking that notion around, and actually doing it. And you got to also, like I said before, if you do this, it's, um, it's permanent. And for many people, um, they may, at a given time, they may think they want to do this, and then time goes on a few months and they get to thinking and they're like, well, you know, maybe, maybe I, that's a bit extreme. And so they're kind of lukewarm to the idea and they, they change their idea around, but you know, they're, they're not actually committed to that. And that's fine. I mean, I, I understand that because 
anybody wanting to do something like that, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big deal. But in these cases, and in Sam's case, well, it, it definitely worked for him. And actually, in his case, after, after we talked for many hours about his life and whatnot, I, I certainly could understand his position. I'll say that much. So, you know, like I said, when you, when you think about it, and you have to, you have to give this some, some pretty deep consideration. But is that the kind of thing that that you could or would really want to do? Because, well, um, it's certainly not something you take lightheartedly. Now, I can tell you this much. He thought one of his one of his um, pet peeves, if you will, and in his case, he was definitely an artist. And uh, it was the feeling that in the society in which he was living in, that it was extremely repressive. And because of that alone, and other factors as well, he didn't see, you know, any way there was no reconciliation. There was there was no way that it was going, the situation was going to change. And that was the reason when he had the opportunity to do so that he quite literally put his money where his mouth was and, you know, and did what he did. And I'm telling you this because in this email that I received, um, I have a, I'm dealing with a person who wanted me to basically, you know, tell a story like this and wanted to know if I knew anything about doing something like this. And I corresponded with them, you know, briefly, and I said yes. And we had several, you know, emails back and forth. And um, they said, well, if you would at least be willing to do some kind of show on this, <laughs> um, how much they would, you know, really appreciate it and hear what I had to say. So this is why I'm saying what I'm saying now. Um, the one thing uh, in all of their, in every one of their cases that I had you know, dealt with this in the past was to say that they were, let's say, misunderstood um, is, is the understatement of, 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 of the century. 
we're talking about some people who are very, very different. And I thought about it. And, you know, I, my, my point of view is that I tend to agree. Um, and it's for, it's for this simple reason. Um, many people have a, a misunderstood notion of being, let's say, mentally normal and mentally healthy. And the two are not the same. They are not synonymous. Because that factor is determined by the society in which you live. So, they kick the term around a lot, for instance, of societal norms. And, but what many of them don't recognize is that when they say societal norms, what they actually mean, what they're referring to, is the societal norms of the society in which they live. And, but that has nothing to do with being mentally healthy. So you can be a normal, um, normal member of this normal society that is very mentally unhealthy. Hence, therefore, by definition, even though you may not recognize it, you are mentally unhealthy. So you can <laughs> you can be normal, but that has nothing to do with being mentally healthy. And um, for instance, let me just you know to give you the briefest of examples on this. If you were in, uh, oh, let's see, early, you know, late 1930s or early 1940s Germany, and uh, when, you know, the heyday of the Nazi regime, and you were like most Germans who were participating in um, the persecution and ugliness of um, the Jews who um, were suffering uh, worse and worse with every day of their lives. But amongst your fellow Germans, you were just being completely normal. And so that's, that's what I mean. There is a difference between being uh, normal in a given society and being mentally healthy. And so, <clears throat> the one thing, uh, the one theme, if you will, that ran through uh, with these folks that I was telling you about was that they um, recognized that externally, well, you know, they were certainly 
normal. And, but it was the conflict of having the awareness that they had that they knew what the tenets of being normal was, as in keeping up a front, or <clears throat> as they say, keeping up with the Joneses, or, or having a, a certain appearance amongst the other members of that society. But internally, they were absolutely miserable. And they had, um, you know, the uh, introspection to recognize that. And perhaps uh, one really very fortunate thing that they had that uh, many people don't was they had the means, the actual means of being able to do something about it. This is something, unfortunately, most of us don't. Because even if we have a, you know, pretty decent, stable job, but in order to keep things going, we are attached to that job, whether we like it or not. If we like it, great. If it makes us miserable, too bad. Because we're doing it for the money, because, because, because. So that's why it's very popular these days when they tell young people to, you know, follow your passions. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's great and all. But um, if following your passions is not in any way really directly tied to providing the necessary means as a necessary means of escaping the uh, society which you don't really feel a part of, then that's, that's kind of a dead-end alley, you might say. And if they have that much introspection, they recognize that as well. But again, I'm talking about people who, to begin with, they had the introspection to face up to all this, to understand that. But they also had a means to actually change it. To this, I want to add something else as well, which at the time, I mean, even now, I thought was really strange, but again, I suppose it is part of the human condition. But there were many people that I had known that toyed around with this idea of making this kind of personal break, and they had, they had the insight, and they had the means. But for whatever reason, when it actually came down to it, they didn't have the fortitude to commit to doing it. So, 
you know, this is this is not something that's done lightly. Um, and it requires, I would say, those those three factors. Those three factors, um, I guess perhaps in relatively equal measure. Um, I mean, you've you've really you really have to be a very unhappy person to want to do something this extreme. And but they were. And all I can say is that for those who actually followed through and I kept contact with, um, you know, they I'm like their lifelong friend and and just it was like a million thank yous and um very occasionally when I have the time and such to uh, meet with them when I can, um, you know, I'm practically like a member of the family. That's, that's how much they appreciated. Um, they gave me all the credit for this huge change in their life. And I, I said, Hey, I, I just showed you the door, <laughs> you know, you chose to, you were the one who chose to walk through it. So anyway, I wanted to share that because I thought perhaps once again, this is what I like to do. I like to, uh, I don't put the usual stuff out there. I like things that are definitely different. And when I get, a question from somebody and it's and no matter how different if they want to they want to hear about it now well, i promised uh the person i would and so i'm following through with that obligation and i'm putting this out there and well what else can i say Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care I'm out of here <laughs>